0: Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Willie and the Rafts by Virgil Robinson Camp meeting had just ended and Willie waited with his parents, Elder and Mrs. James White. Soon, a wagon would take them to the station where they would board the night train for Dubuque, Iowa. When it arrived, the men loaded the suitcases, boxes, and carpet bags. Willie and seven other administs climbed onto the back while his parents shared the front seat with the driver. The oxen were in no hurry, so it took them more than an hour to reach the station. Fifteen-year-old Willie enjoyed traveling. He had learned about the Mississippi River in school. Now he would see it and ride on it, but first would come a trip on the cars, as the train was called in those days. Elder White purchased the tickets, Waiting on the station platform, they saw, far down the track, the light from the locomotive headlight as the train came slowly across the prairies. With much huffing and puffing, it rolled into the station, slowed down, and stopped. The party of ten climbed aboard and managed to find seats. The weather was warm, so they kept the train windows open. This gave them clean, fresh air instead of the smoke-filled air of the coach. The White family and their friends had to nap sitting up in the high-backed seats. The train stopped and started in the little Iowa towns. As it finally pulled into the river town of Dubuque, everyone grabbed a piece or two of baggage and walked through the gate, up the gangplank, and onto the boat. At nine o'clock, the ropes were cast off. The pilot pulled the whistle cord, and with a loud, too, too the steamer went chugging out onto the broad surface of the river and headed north. It was a beautiful day. The country was flat, and the travelers could see houses and red barns for miles on both sides of the river. The air felt soft and warm. The grass appeared rich and green. The cows feeding in the meadows looked like the fat cows Pharaoh saw come up out of the Nile in his dream. Willie and his father walked up and down the deck, thoroughly enjoying the day. "'Mama ought to see this. Where is she, Father?' Willie asked." She found a quiet corner in the lounge where she's writing, his father replied. She hasn't yet written out all that was shown her in her last vision, and doing this will keep her busy all day. I'm sorry she isn't up here with us, but she is only doing what the Lord told her to do long ago. They resumed their walk. Standing on the deck, they watched the big paddle wheels turning with a splash, splash, pushing the boat through the water. They looked up at the wheelhouse where the pilot was steering the boat through the deepest part of the river. How does he know where it would be too shallow for our boat? Willie asked. He has a chart showing every mile of the river. This chart warns him of where the rocks lie just beneath the surface of the water and where he might run into a sandbar. How is his chart like our Bible? Elder White asked his son. It shows us where to go and how to avoid dangers. That's right, Willie. But the pilot can't always depend on his chart. Sometimes a sandbar may move across a river and the chart won't show it. The Bible isn't like that. It's a chart that is always right and safe to follow. They walked over to the rail and looked up and down the river. What's that coming down the river toward us, Willie pointed. I can't tell from here, Elder White replied. We'll watch and see when it's closer to us. Soon Willie and his father could tell that it wasn't a boat. Why, Willie? That's a lumber raft. Up in the forests of Minnesota, they cut down large trees and haul them to the river, where a sawmill cuts them into boards. Then they chain these boards together and float them down the river to St. Louis, Memphis, or perhaps even New Orleans. How do they steer a barge? was Willie's next question. Oh, they have a rudder on the back. By turning it, they can go to the right or left side. See that little shanty on top of the boards? That's where the men eat their meals. By now the raft and the steamer were passing, and Willie could see the men steering it. Then, to his surprise, he saw a man dive off the raft into the river, while another man put his hands to his mouth like a trumpet and called out, Papers! Give us papers! The men had been drifting down the river for several days and wanted to know what was going on in the world. Some of the passengers ran to the lounge and picked up the newspapers. They carried them to the rail, twisted them up, and tossed them into the river. They couldn't throw them onto the barge because the wind was too strong, but the men on the raft were not giving up their chance to read. The swimmer grabbed the newspapers and made his way back to the raft. Willie watched as the men spread the wet papers out on the lumber. Soon the warm sun would dry them, and they could be read. Will there be more rafts today? Willie asked. I suppose so, replied his father. These shipments of lumber keep going down the river all summer long. Do they keep going at night? Not usually. Where there's a lot of river traffic, they tie up when it gets dark. But if they're in a big hurry, they do keep going all night. Willie's questions led to a train of thought in their minds. Elder White now sent Willie on an errand. I have three things I want you to get for me, Willie. From the cabin, bring some tracts and copies of the Advent Review and Sabbath Herald and the Youth's Instructor magazines. Then go to the kitchen and borrow a ball of string." Finally, take a basket to the engine room and get some smooth pieces of coal. Bring them to me. Willie set out on his errand. Fifteen minutes later, he brought all three articles to his father on deck. Very carefully, Elder White folded one of the magazines and tied it with string to a piece of coal. He didn't stop until he had seven or eight done. Pretty soon, Willie's sharp eyes caught sight of another raft coming down the river. Elder White and Willie picked up the papers and went to the side of the riverboat, where the raft would pass closest. They knew that if the papers and lumps of coal didn't land on the barge, they would be lost, for the coal would carry the paper to the bottom of the river. When the barge drew near, Elder White tossed a paper and it landed right in the middle of the lumber. Willie tossed one and was equally successful. They managed to throw two more before the raft got too far away. They saw the men untie the papers and begin to read them. Willie brought more papers and coal. He was delighted at the success of their plan. Do you think anyone ever did missionary work like this before? He asked his father. Elder White smiled and shook his head. Three more barges passed during the afternoon, and Willie and Elder White threw some papers onto each one. In the late afternoon, all the Adventists gathered at the prow of the boat, including Mrs. White. She had written so much that her wrist ached, so she decided not to work any more that day. They looked at the scenery they were passing. Willie loved to watch the prow of the boat cut through the water like a plow through the soil. Every once in a while, the captain would pull the whistle, and its sound would echo across the countryside. "'Let's sing,' suggested Elder White, who loved music, especially hymns. They began with one of the White's favorites. "'There's resting by and by.' Then, for Willie's benefit, they sang two popular hymns that had just recently been written by P.P. Bliss, Dare to be a Daniel, and Pull for the Shore. As they came to the end of the third song, they heard clapping of hands and stamping of feet. Bravo, bravo, cried a group of passengers who had been attracted by the singing. More, more. So the Adventists sang several other songs, finally closing with The Celestial Army. One of the passengers came up and spoke to Elder White. We hear that your wife has given public addresses. We were wondering if she would be willing to speak to us. I'm sure I speak for all the passengers when I say we would very much like to hear her. Elder White didn't know how they found out that his wife was a public speaker. Perhaps some passenger had heard her sometime at camp meeting. A few minutes later, the lounge was filled with people who sat quietly for an hour while Mrs. White spoke of the love of God and how he has shown that love by what he has made for us to enjoy. The sun went down late that evening, and Elder and Mrs. White and Willie headed to their cabin, ready to sleep through the night. Before they lay down, they knelt and asked the Lord to take care of them. They also prayed for the man steering the riverboat up in the pilot-house. As they drifted off to sleep, they could hear the engine going chug, 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 and the paddle wheels going splash, splash, splash. Sometime in the middle of the night, there was a great crash, and the boat shook from one end to the other. Many passengers sprang out of bed and hastily dressed. They were afraid the boat might be sinking. They continued to hear thumping and banging against the side of the boat. In the darkness, no one could see what it was. After a few minutes, it became still and quiet, and everyone went back to bed and tried to sleep again. When the passengers woke up, the sun was shining brightly, and it was hard to believe there had been a collision during the night. The captain explained what had happened. It was about midnight when we ran straight into a lumber raft. It was moving right along, and contrary to river rules, it displayed no lights. We struck that raft square in the middle, cutting it in two. The pieces of lumber were all around us, striking our boat on both sides. Some pieces got tangled up in the paddle-wheels, and I was afraid they might break the paddles. But the boards floated by and were all gone in a few minutes. "'What about the people on the raft?' asked Elder White. "'I don't know what happened to them. It was so dark we could see nothing. I can only hope they managed to swim ashore.' One thing is certain, whoever tries to gather that lumber together and make another raft will have a mighty difficult time. At nine o'clock, the riverboat pulled up at the pier. The whites and their friends went ashore, carrying their luggage. They were happy to find a carriage waiting to take them to the next camp meeting. What about the papers that Willie and his father tossed onto the rafts? Were they read? Was anyone converted after reading them? Not until we get to the kingdom of heaven— will we be able to find answers to these questions. Only after the second coming will we know the impact our actions have had on others. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fishel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter dot com or call one 80 765 This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh day Adventist Church.